48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. A pro-government lawmaker warns screenings of protest-related movies may violate the national security law. The Professional Teachers Union says it supports possible legislation requiring teachers and other carers to report suspected cases of child abuse and medical experts dismiss the idea that a mutated strain of COVID spread at a quarantine hotel via door hooks. A warning by a pro-establishment figure over the private screenings of three protest-related films is raising fresh concerns about freedom of expression. The Confederation of Trade Unions plans to organise screenings for its members this month of documentaries on the storming of LegCo, siege of Polytechnic University and clashes at Chinese University in 2019. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow says the union could be promoting terrorism and violating the national security law. Events to incite serious violence, riots or causing subversion are all prohibited. Um, if you read the uh, national security law, if you read the article 24 to 27. So um, I think that these people who organize this event might be against the law and I urge uh, the police to take swift action and legal enforcement. The Confederation of Trade Unions hit back at Holden Chow's claims. Meng Su Tat is the union's secretary general. They have been uh, launching cultural revolution, you know, to criticize the people who are holding different political opinions. Uh, I think that is uh, very worrying. The freedom so far we have still enjoyed uh, being evolved. The CTU did postpone one of the scheduled sessions tonight after officials from the Communications Authority went to its offices, demanding more information about the screening. Meanwhile, the Journalists' Association has decided to cancel screenings of protest documentaries this weekend, rejecting suggestions by Ta Kung Pao that it was planning to host what it called underground screening sessions. The JA expressed regret over what it sees as a biased and inaccurate report by the state-run newspaper, but decided to cancel Saturday's film showings because it couldn't ensure the safety of participants. Medical experts have raised doubts over a suggestion by health officials that a mutated strain of coronavirus spread at a quarantine hotel via door hooks. Wendy Wong with the story. A man who travelled from Dubai and completed a 21-day quarantine at Ramada Hong Kong Grand Hotel was found to be infected with a highly infectious South African coronavirus variant. Officials subsequently found that two other guests who stayed on the same floor also carried the same variant. The Centre for Health Protection said it's likely that hooks used by hotel staff to hang meal boxes for quarantined guests were to blame for the virus transmission. But an expert advising the government on its coronavirus strategy, Professor David Ho of the Chinese University, told a radio program that there's no evidence supporting the presumption as tests later found no virus on the hooks. A specialist in respiratory medicine, Lung Chi Chiu, echoed Professor Ho's views, saying he doesn't believe this was how the virus was transmitted. He said airborne transmission was more likely. For uh, these hotels, uh, because many of them have a very long corridor, some of them may not be very well ventilated. Uh, when uh, individuals open uh, the doors, especially if when they are not wearing the mask, there is a risk that contaminated air uh, may get into the corridor. And if other person from another room open the doors, uh, this air may go into the room. And this may be a reason for cause transmission. 
Dr. Long urged the government to closely monitor the coronavirus situation and put on hold his plan to further relax social distancing rules if there's a rebound in infections. The Professional Teachers Union has voiced support for possible legislation requiring teachers and other carers to report suspected child abuse cases in future. But the union's vice president, Ip Kin Yun, says any new law should be reasonable and proportionate. He also says more training should be given to teachers. The legislation should be um, supportive uh, or you know, uh, enabling. Uh, enabling the teachers and the social workers to do the job. We understand that the teachers, social workers, they are, although they are professional, but I think well, it, it, there might be more uh, you know, training provided to, the, to especially teachers, I think is important, and also to reduce their uh, workload so that, uh, and, and the number of students, you know, so that they can uh, look into uh, the suspected cases. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. A student has been sent to a training centre for vandalising the Chunwan office of pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Ho in 2019. The detention comes after the government twice appealed against more lenient punishments. Priscilla Ng reports. Anson Chu, who has been diagnosed with hyperactivity disorder, had pleaded guilty to smashing the glass walls of Junius Ho's office on July the 22nd, 2019. The day before, Mr. Ho had been caught on video shaking hands with a group of men in Yunlong around the time of a vicious gang attack on passengers at the town's MTR station. Chu was originally put on probation for 12 months by Shantin Magistracy, but was later sentenced to 200 hours of community service following an appeal by the Department of Justice. But prosecutors still thought that the punishment was too lenient and applied for a review of the sentence for a second time, finally winning a detention order for the 20-year-old. For his part, Mr. Ho said he had received a letter of apology from the student and he accepts the apology. I hope you'll become a good and useful man in future and do great things for society, the lawmaker wrote in reply. A pro-democracy church leader who once openly opposed the national security law and 2019's ill-fated extradition bill has resigned, days before he was due to complete his term. As Damon Pang reports, the Reverend says he was resigning for personal reasons. The biggest umbrella group of Baptist churches in Hong Kong, the Baptist Convention, confirmed that Reverend Lo Heng Choi had tendered his resignation and thanked him for his leadership and service. It also expressed a wish that the Reverend who headed the convention would be in God's grace in retirement. A day before Beijing imposed the national security law in 2020, Reverend Lo wrote of his opposition to the legislation on his blog. He later deleted the entry and all previous posts, reportedly saying that he did not want his articles to affect the convention. The 68-year-old began serving as the head of the convention in 2018. He was re-elected last year, defeating an opponent who had once demanded the group withdraw its statements opposing the 2019 extradition bill. Reverend Lo had also issued statements demanding the government withdraw its anti-mask law during the 2019 anti-government protests, lodge an independent probe into alleged police brutality, and for officers to wear their warrant cards on duty. A woman who was allegedly shot in the eye during a protest in 2019 has lost a legal challenge in relation to the police force gaining access to her medical records. Jimmy Choi reports. 
The woman, known only as K in court, was found lying injured outside Chimsachoe Police Station on August 11, 2019. She claimed to have been shot with a beanbag round by the police. K earlier lost a high court challenge over the police refusal to present her with a copy of the search warrant the force used to obtain her medical records from Queen Elizabeth Hospital. She had argued that the refusal infringed upon her right to access the courts. Now the woman's challenge has been rejected again, this time by the Court of Appeal. Justices Jeremy Poon, Johnson Lam, and Thomas Au unanimously held that the police decision had not obstructed the woman's right to access to justice. The three-judge panel said Kay had failed to explain how the lack of access to the search warrant had prevented her from asking the court to set aside a warrant. The judges also held there is no freestanding right for a person to obtain copies of a search warrant. The lawyer for K, Paul Harris, had argued that the police had infringed his client's privacy by obtaining a search warrant to look at her confidential medical records, and that the force could not simply reject her request to see the warrant on the grounds that it had to protect the integrity of an investigation. But the judges said the contents of a warrant could reveal information about the investigation process and the person being investigated. They stressed that while medical reports do contain personal information. Police investigations are conducted on a confidential basis. The government says it's considering whether to scrap the requirement that funds used to settle property transactions go through the accounts of law firms. The suggestion comes after the Law Society ordered the shutdown of the Wong Fung and Company law firm last December for alleged malpractice. Damon Pang reports. Clients affected by the shutdown of the law firms said around $370 million meant for home buying was frozen as a result. In a written reply to a lawmaker's question, the government said the monetary authority is in discussions with banks over an alternative payment mechanism, so that funds meant for home purchases need not be routed through the accounts of law firms. The proposed arrangement aims at minimizing any impact on banks and clients in the event of serious disruption in the operation of a law firm and enhancing protection for the parties involved in a property transaction. Officials said the government added that there have been special occasions in the past where property deals were settled through a bank cashier's order without going through law firms. It's that the HKMA and banks are discussing the idea with stakeholders such as the Law Society and the Consumer Council. Police say they've arrested 19 people for allegedly trying to swindle almost three million dollars out of a pandemic subsidy scheme for the travel industry. Timmy Sung reports. The alleged fraud involved 15 local travel firms that police say are small in scale and have operated for between two and 20 years. 14 of the suspects are directors, and the rest are staff. Under the scheme introduced last year. Companies could receive subsidies of up to two hundred thousand dollars for operating local green tours. The government's hoped the green lifestyle local tour incentive scheme would boost local tourism and help other related trades. But in the end, the Travel Industry Council approved subsidies for only one of the fifteen firms, rejecting the rest after suspecting the receipts submitted were fake. Chief Inspector Lo Yinlam says he believes the travel firms involved in the case did not organize the green tours at all, as some of the restaurants people supposedly visited don't even exist. 
Turning overseas, the Indonesian Navy says it's lost contact with one of its submarines. A search is underway and the country has requested assistance from Australia and Singapore. The Nangala 402 had been taking part in a torpedo drill north of the island of Bali. Attempts to contact it have failed. Some reports say contact was lost after the submarine had been given clearance to dive into deeper waters. The vessel has 53 crew on board. Indian officials say they're launching an inquiry into an oxygen tanker leak at a hospital in Maharashtra, which appears to have contributed to the deaths of as many as 22 coronavirus patients. The news comes as India continues to see record numbers of confirmed daily coronavirus deaths and cases. The BBC's Jill McGivering has this report. Pictures from the hospital show the tanker outside emitting clouds of white gas. Emergency services rush to contain the leak, but the disruption to the oxygen supply to the wards appears linked to the sudden deaths of critically ill coronavirus patients on ventilators. It's the latest sign of a healthcare system which seems increasingly overwhelmed. Hospitals in the worst affected states, including Maharashtra and Delhi, have reported oxygen stocks running dangerously low and containers being looted. Cremation services, too, are struggling to manage the surge in demand. Australia has torn up two deals the state of Victoria had made with China under Beijing's Belt and Road Trade Initiative. It's one of four to be cancelled in the state under a new law that allows Canberra to veto state deals with foreign countries. Robert Kemp has more. The new foreign veto law, which passed at the end of last year, allows the federal government to block any agreement between a foreign country and an Australian state, council or institution, including universities. Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said the deals were inconsistent with Australia's foreign policy or adverse to foreign relations. The Sydney Morning Herald newspaper said Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews had been in an ongoing feud with the country's Prime Minister Scott Morrison over the infrastructure projects, saying they created jobs and allowed Victorian companies to participate in Chinese projects overseas. Canberra also cancelled two other deals Victoria had made with Syria and Iran on education. Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga made offerings at the Yasukuni Shrine today but did not visit the controversial site. The Japanese government says the offering was made in his personal capacity. The shrine honours the country's war dead as well as senior figures convicted of atrocities during the Second World War. Japan's neighbours, such as China, have voiced opposition to visits or offerings to the site by its leaders. In Seoul, the South Korean Foreign Ministry expressed regret over Mr Suga's tribute and urged Tokyo to face history squarely. To sport and in the NBA, Paul George had 33 points, including two free throws, that gave the Los Angeles Clippers a hard-fought 113-112 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. The Clippers won, even though they were missing Kawhi Leonard due to injury. CJ McCollum had 28 points for the Blazers, but missed a jumper at the buzzer. Portland were without Damian Lillard, who's suffering from a hamstring injury. A reminder of our top stories tonight. A pro-government lawmaker warns screenings of protest-related movies may violate the national security law. The Professional Teachers Union says it supports possible legislation requiring teachers and other carers to report suspected cases of child abuse and medical experts dismiss the idea that a mutated strain of COVID spread at a quarantine hotel via door hooks. The news from RTHK. In our newsroom, thanks to Todd Harding. More headlines at midnight.
Clark Five were an English uh, band formed in Tottenham in 1958, and that one, uh, because, uh, was from uh, 1964. Right, a year earlier, 63 saw the Shadows having a number one hit in the UK with this. Thank you. 